0: This episode is presented by Minnesota's very own Ticket King. For tickets for an upcoming game or concert, visit TicketKingOnline.com or a quick link from the 1500ESPN.com sports calendar page. TicketKingOnline.com, 612-341-4141. The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed saying touch them all. Way back and gone! Touch them all, Joe Maurer! And now these guys are making it relevant to this year's Twins. It's a beautiful game for a ball game. Now, our two resident hardball nerds will attempt to touch them all on the week's news surrounding the Twins in MLB.
1: I didn't know they still had a team.
0: That's baseball. Here's Phil Mackey and Derek Wetmore. Hey guys,
1: Derek Wetmore, Phil Mackey here for the Touch Em All podcast. Usually what we do to start off this episode is some kind of hot take. But in this case, Phil, I don't have a hot take. I, I fall right in the middle of this. The twins are getting the band back together. That's what we'll talk about on this episode. But some some people love it because it's nostalgia and wow, how great. Tori Hunter, Michael Kodire, LaTroy Hawkins. Remember when the twins were good? And other people hate it.
0: I think more people might be annoyed by it. They're so sick of the
1: Twins. And so I am here to talk both people off the ledge, I guess. I want your take on it. I I shared my take on a Facebook Live video this morning, Phil Mackey. But what's your, you know, your nutshell opinion on the fact that the Twins are now bringing the band back together and assembling the front office with three just retired players?
0: So I... I understand why people are sort of sick of the country club and the same old names and faces and of course every time the twins have made a significant firing of some kind be it Terry Ryan or Ron Gardenhire or Bill Smith those are really the the big 3 they've brought those guys back into the organization right. so it does so from that perspective I understand why people say oh you're just you're rehashing let's go get Kadire and let's try and uh rekindle the old flame mm-hmm. here's why I love it number 1 these decisions are being made or at least are, are being approved by two people who are completely disconnected from Twins history. So it's not like it's not like Terry Ryan called the Troy Hawkins and brought him back. It's not like uh, it was Rob Anthony's decision without any checks or balances to bring Michael Kadire back. It's two guys, one from Texas and one from Cleveland, two very smart organizations that are looking to expand a front office that was drastically understaffed, and we've talked about that on previous podcasts, and they're looking to blend the analytics side of things, which they have have backgrounds in and maybe beef up that side, with the human scouting player development side. If you're telling me, hey, we've got three or four openings for some smart, ideally former players to come in and be hands-on and help change the culture and maybe shed some light and some expertise on um, some various areas that we've lost touch with in the organization, and I get to choose from Michael Kadire and Latroy Hawkins and Tory Hunter or whatever's behind door number two. Like I'm taking those guys in my organization. Mm-hmm. I'm actually really surprised. Tory Hunter, he's been meeting with media companies and uh you and I have both heard Fox and some other media companies. I guarantee he could have made seven figures and maybe still can. I'm not sure what the nature of the agreement is if he has to avoid media now as a full time job, but that guy maybe passed up seven figures to work at least part time in a front office. So I like it. Um, I'm I, I think I think this team is so far removed from winning process up and down. If you can just inch your way forward an extra half percent here, an extra half percent over there, and just work your way up through the margins and um, and bridge the gap between you know these last six years and where your franchise has been, in fairly recent history, I'm fine with it. Yeah, it's a bit of a country club move, but I think it helps. I think it helps uh, you know, some fraction of a percentage.
1: Yeah, if you were not jaded or sickened by the fact that the past six years have been awful for the Twins, I think as a Twins fan you'd see it differently. There are, there are a lot of people that were on, on, my fa- on my Facebook page, I know 1500 ESPN's Facebook page, basically saying, are you serious? Like You're going to spend money on these guys rather than go get a free agent? And two things to clear up here. That's so stupid! Oh my gosh!
0: Obviously, I when I hear that. they're it's...
1: different bins of money. Like, let's not pretend like paying whatever you're paying Michael Kedia or Latroy Hawkins. Let's not pretend that precludes you from
0: also going to spend in free agency. But let's say it's the same bin of money. Okay, what do you? How much do you think they're making? Right, they're, they're making. I, I'm guessing they're making into the six figures for this, but it's not like they're going to be in not. the office with suits and ties every day. Probably not seven. Let's, right. Let's say they're making a million dollars a year each, each, which I think is an overestimation. That's three million dollars for a bunch of smart people to be around your organization, helping you change a culture mm-hmm. I mean what are you going to get for three million dollars in washington dc at the mm-hmm, winter meetings which right. you're going to be at here in about a week yeah honestly what are you going to get for three million dollars at the winter meeting every top flight whiskey that they have at the <laughs> bar you're going to get i'll a, take all of that three bottles of 1987 <laughs> dom perignon or something
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah I, it's three is not going to buy a lot in the free agent market that's probably more than what they're making yeah um so the first point was about the payroll let's Let's not pretend like, you know, this is the separator. This is why they're not going to go be in the Yohannes Cespedes bidding with the Mets. This is why they're not giving four years and $110 million to a power-hitting outfielder. That's unrelated. So let's get that out of our minds. And I think on the the lines of the jaded front, look, if it was between— and I I don't mean to throw this guy under the bus, so I almost hesitate to— Let's not name names. Let's just say... No, throw them under the bus. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> beep, beep. Train's coming. <laughs> Let's just say there is a young pitcher, and we talked about this on a podcast, so I'll pick this example. This is not where I was going to go, but, but I will now. I'm pivoting. Burt Blylevin. Remember the podcast episode that we had basically making fun of the Twins? It was beyond ripping the Twins. Like We, we had moved so far past ripping the Twins because it was August or September, and it's like, really? You're going to beat that dead horse? But we were making fun of the twins like very openly on the podcast saying Jose Baros is broken right now and the twins are trying to fix him by implementing a 12 man committee led by Burt Blylevin talking to the kid on the mound. yeah how much is that gonna help him like what that's that's the support structure people think uh, I, I think that the tendency is outside of major League baseball you get this belief that, oh, players just like learn as they go up through the ladder and then they're professionals and they're in the big leagues and they just do their job and that's it. What if you're in a slump and you've never had to deal with that before? Say you're Max Kepler and you haven't experienced failure, like extended failure. Or like a better example might be Eddie Rosario. Eddie Rosario's 2016 season had to be maddening for him. He thinks he's a better player, and he probably is a better player. And the fact that he goes all summer with basically slumping with the bat, then playing so badly the rest of his game not only running the bases but also defensively he took a big step backwards that one day he misses a cutoff throw I think it was in Cleveland and Mulder basically said sit down, I don't want to see you in this game anymore Yeah. next day he's in Rochester think of how difficult that would be and then who do you talk to? You talked to Mike Quaddy. No dif- disrespect to Mike Quaddy. Is that the guy you were going to throw under the bus? Or is that no, that? no, although I kind of just did accidentally. <laughs> this is no disrespect to him, but now he has to somehow communicate to Eddie Rosario, hey, buddy, you done messed up, and your Major League shot is not going so well in the second go-round after an impressive rookie year. But hang in there. They're there. We believe in you. You're a good player. you got tons of talent. Here are the four things we want you to work on in these next six weeks here with me and the Rochester Red Wings so that you can get back up, reclaim your starting left fielder job from that Robbie Grossman guy. There's nobody really to communicate that to Rosario. This, Like I said, this is not to throw Aquati under the bus. It's not to throw Burt Blylevin under the bus. But let's understand what the Twins are saying with this move. The Twins are saying it's worth money to us to have three people to communicate this kind of thing with players. Specifically, I think, the Torrey Hunter role, if you read through their press release that talked about the things that he'll be involved in. Major League
0: clubhouse culture. So basically, he's going to be the guy that buys the the, the bubble mix and the the new smoke machine.
1: I said that he would be the president
0: of dance parties, (laughs) I I think in my column. President of dance party operations. And
1: the thing is... We can joke about that, and it's fun, but it's like, isn't it kind of mind-boggling that that job needs to exist? That these 25 guys need some sort of cohesive glue that doesn't exist on the team to say, hey, right, come on, guys, this is going to be fine. Everything's okay. Michael Kadiar, LaTroy Hawkins, Torrey Hunter, whoever it is, it's kind of amazing that they need to do that, and yet, if they need to do that, why would we be criticizing them
0: for the way that they're accomplishing it? It's almost like they're manufacturing clubhouse leadership, and I'm fine with that. Sure, if, if it needs to be manufactured. If Brian Dozier isn't capable or just isn't enough or, or whatever is it going is, to be traded. Or is going to be gone from the organization. <laughs> Can't lead from the uh, dugout of right. the uh, L.A. Dodgers. If Torrey Hunter is going to be the uh, president of smoke machine operations, yeah. <laughs> LaTroy Hawkins is going to be the president of nutrition, I think. I, I ran into him a couple of, Was it last year? Yeah, it was last it was year. He was in spring last year, if it was, that's what you're wondering. So last spring. And he came up, and he was on our radio show for a while. So we're broadcasting from the Hammond Stadium press box, and Latroy Hawkins comes up. Not an ounce of fat on that guy's body. No. Like that guy has been in ridiculous shape for the two decades he's been in the big leagues. Comes up with this thermos-looking thing, and he's sort of uh, like he's got a utensil and he's and he's pulling something out of the and I and I said, oh, is that little little ice cream or something? And he looks at me like, what? Because I didn't know what, what was in it. He's got a spoon or something in this thermos-looking thing. It was just grilled chicken. It was a, a like a vat of grilled chicken, and he's just eating grilled chicken, r- just with a with some plastic fork or something. Um, because what else would you be doing, just walking around, if you're gonna keep zero percent body fat? Right, uh, baked chicken, uh, broccoli, and brown <laughs> rice. And Kadir, you know, Kadir is one of the I would say one of the better behind the scenes sort of example guys in recent Twins history. There were some I think there was a little bit there were some young players who came up in the 2010 2011 range and Kadire was on the way out. And they felt like Kadire was just he he's just the guy that's going to speak to the media and really not force any changes behind the scenes, but now looking back at who some of those young players were in 2010 11 12, I know who was right and it was Michael Kadire. Right. He was so sick of that clubhouse when he left and he went and signed the contract with uh, the Colorado Rockies. But um just to bring this sort of full circle in terms of is this a good move for the Twins, somewhere along the line, the Twins, who always had this little engine that could overproduce based on your low payroll uh, philosophy, somewhere along the way, they gave away whatever advantage they had in the margins. Mm -hmm. So they, from like 2001 through 2000, let's say 9 or 10, and they had bottom five, bottom 10 payrolls, yet they were one of the best teams in baseball. So they were gaining points and gaining percentage. uh, Let's just say they were gaining percentage points in terms of uh, trying to fill up your cup with wins. In the margins, more than other teams were. More than the big spending teams that might have been spending $150 million on uh, 500 teams. So somewhere along the way, the game changed. And where you gain your advantages in the margins, that also changed, and the Twins were left behind. Now... They have the task of not only trying to play catch-up with the rest of the league, but perfecting the art of gaining percentage points in the margins Mm -hmm. so that they can once again win games on top of the teams that are outspent. Does that that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So not only are they not winning in the margins, but they're so far behind in the margins, they have to do anything they can to play catch-up. And if it means increasing your clubhouse uh, culture quotient, or if it means... (laughs) If it means just getting an extra few wins above replacement out of Byron Buxton by handcuffing Tory Hunter to him yes. throughout the entire month of February, then the $500,000 you spent on Torrey Hunter is 100% worth it. I mean, maybe spending $500,000, dollars making that number up, but maybe spending $500,000 on Torrey Hunter right now to just be this ambassador and this part-time front office guy, if it goes nowhere else... But he has a huge impact on Byron Buxton this entire offseason. And Byron Buxton goes from kind of a one-win player with no bat and a glove to being a five- or a six-win player overnight. I mean, then you should be paying Tory Hunter $20 million yeah. for the job he did in the offseason. Yes. And it wouldn't be 100% Torrey Hunter you know, yeah. getting this out of Byron Buxton. But but this is why I'm fine with it. You have to start winning in the margins again. And if this is a small step toward winning, winning in the margins, then it's, it's a winning play for the Twins. <laughs>
1: Hey, Touch All listeners, Derek Wetmore here. We love you guys, and we keep hearing from you how much you love us. If that's true, we want you to prove it in three ways. Phil? Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 1500 ESPN. Number two, we want iTunes reviews. Four and five stars on
0: the Touch All podcast to let us know you're listening. And three, take a selfie in your best sweater and tweet it at Derek Wetmore, the sweater king. (laughs)
1: You find somebody that someone like, uh, Buxton's a good example, but Rosario, like I mentioned earlier, by the way, that's a made-up scenario, the Rochester thing, but you could see it happening, right? I mean, like I, I totally invented that, but I'm just saying that uh, you, could, you could foresee something like that, Rosario going down, and instead yeah. of being like, man, yep, I deserve this demotion, and here's what I need to do differently, and here's how I can work on it, and these are the different drills, this is how I get back to the big leagues, and it's okay. They still love me, and even if they don't, I'm going to prove them wrong. How easy would human psychology be to just allow you to be like, ah, oh, they don't like me anymore? Man, and I had such a good year last year, and now, like, look, can I even do this anymore?
0: Well, you know, here's think of, think of it this way. if you're Whether you're Eddie Rosario or whether you're Derek Wetmore uh, in his mid-20s at a mm-hmm. media company, right. or if you're out there listening and you work for a law firm or you work for whatever company you work for, if you came to work on a daily basis and someone presented you with an option, And maybe you're sort of you're struggling, your company's kind of struggling or you're just you're fighting it from a personal standpoint, from a career standpoint. And uh, you can either keep doing this and just try and fix it on your own and figure it out. Or when you come into work every day, you're going to have three people who are 15 or 20 years further down the path that you're on. And you can ask them questions and you can get their input and their guidance on a daily basis if you want it. Or at least on a regular basis, they're always going to be there because now they're on the payroll and they're just going to be around as a resource for you, whether you're a lawyer or a physician or if you're in media like you and I are like, imagine if you came in every day and um, like Dan Patrick was in the office. Just hanging or out. like Scott Van Pelt was just hanging out. Having hey, a coffee. you know that radio show that you think is is okay? Well, it actually sucks, and here's how you, you can win <laughs> right. doing a radio show. Hey, I show. heard
1: your Touch em All podcast. Right. You need some pointers. You totally take that, yes. right? 100%. 100%. You would never pass that up, and I guess that's sort of the idea that I was getting at in my hypothetical Rosario situation. Um, if if Miguel Zanon respects the hell out of Tori Hunter and doesn't have, again, made up, doesn't have a lot of respect for other people or doesn't know, you know, the kinds of things Tom Brunansky accomplished in the game. I'm not saying that's the case. I actually think they probably had a decent relationship. But if you grew up watching Torrey Hunter play and win gold gloves and rob Barry Bonds in the All-Star game, and now Tory Hunter wants to go out with you and work in right field. That was the first time Miguel Sano got into the outfield last year in spring training. It wasn't Butch Davis. It was Torrey Hunter working with Butch Davis to get Miguel Sano to work on his footing and stuff. And crack the joke here all you want. Even Torrey Hunter couldn't make Miguel Sano into a league-average outfielder. But if he can turn him into a league-average professional, and I get it. I get it. How stats guys like me are going to roll their eyes at, okay, being a pro, quote-unquote, such a stupid cliche and a lazy narrative that we always fall back on. But... In some cases, it makes sense, and I wrote in my column on 1500ESPN.com about these three hires. Here are three guys with with talent, but you wouldn't say like Mike Trout-level talent. That LaTroy Hawkins didn't come into the league as Clayton Kershaw. He didn't come in as uh, Steven Strasburg, Max Scherzer. Latroy Hawkins built himself into a long, successful career. Michael Kadire, same deal. Talented, but not only like top of the pack. Torrey Hunter, talented. But how many years of grinding in the minor leagues did it take before he finally surfaced as an all-star caliber player in Minnesota? I pointed out that these are three guys that fell in love with the craft of working. And I think that's so, so important, that, and it often gets overlooked. We tend to just assume, I mean, whether it's the NBA or Major League Baseball, just like, oh, yeah, guy's gonna get a year older, so he's gonna add this skill. Uh Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, he's a year older, so his shooting's gonna get better. He has to make that shooting get better. He doesn't it doesn't just happen. He has to grind in the offseason in work that you don't see and won't maybe ever hear about. But he knows that the return on investment in yeah. his own in his own self is gonna be worth it. It's the same thing for a baseball player. Miguel Sano uber-talented, great eye at the plate. If he invests no amount of work the rest of his career, he'll be a decent hitter and a valuable DH. But if he sees that he could be this generation's Miguel Cabrera and puts in, you know, Manny Ramirez-level work or name your name your former workaholic player, whatever, we're talking two completely different players, and I think that's what the Twins are trying to get at here. If that's the case, and if it pans out, with even just two players, Miguel Sano and Byron Buxton... Totally worth whatever investment
0: you made yeah. in these three guys. And, and for the Twins, it's even more important to get... Is it, for the pieces you have internally on your roster and the pieces that are coming up through your pipeline, it's even more important when, much to the chagrin of some of the fans listening I know, when you're not going to be a top-10 payroll team. If you're going to be the 20th or even the 16th or even the 12th, if, if you start spending some more money like you did five years ago, you're not going to be the Boston Red Sox or the Los Angeles Dodgers, where maybe it's not quite as important to develop your own system of players, although I would argue it's still really important because look at some of the guys like Jackie Bradley Jr. and Mookie Betts and some of the players that they refused to trade because they knew Mm -hmm. you were going to have these amazing outfielders under team control. But they can also sort of, based on financial situations, they can go and get players who maybe are just beyond the growth... We don't have to worry about uh, Miguel Sano's growing pains at age 23 because we're just bored with him. We're going to trade him for an already established player and fit him under our payroll and pay him $20 million a year. If you're the Twins, and I keep going back to this, it's so much more important to squeeze extra toothpaste out of the tube with players like Sano and Buxton. Because if those guys fail, you can't just make up for it by go sign, uh, going and signing Zach Grinky mm-hmm. or going and signing... Um, Who was it that signed the $100 million contract today? Was it Jonas Um, Jonas Espedes? Back with the Mets. So you know, in baseball, the margins between the best teams and the worst teams are so thin. So we're talking about for improving, the margins are so thin on top of that. You know, you have, I brought this up on the radio show today, the best teams in baseball offensively are getting a hit like 28%, 27% of the time. And the teams that are 20th or 30th on that list are getting a hit 24% of the time. There's a 3% gap between the best offensive teams and the worst offensive teams. The best teams in baseball are winning 6 out of 10 games. The worst teams are still winning 4 out of 10 games. Mm -hmm. So closing the gap, it's little increments here and there. And if having smarter people in your organization to help squeeze extra toothpaste out of the tube for young players is part of that bridging the gap process, then it's a winning play every single time. So I wish I could criticize this more by being the cynical classic twins country, club yeah, move. But, yep, yep. but if but if they have to close uh, the margins gap by a certain percentage and this gets them a certain you know uh, percentage of the way there, then I'm all for it. So compliment
1: sandwich here to wrap up the podcast and i actually want to go talk with uh, scott van pelt
0: off mic and see what he thought about this episode i feel dirty about the amount of praise that just went down here that's right that's
1: why i'm I'm gonna shower after this here's a criticism sandwich and then in our next episode of the touch mall podcast we can talk about the winter meetings and the things upcoming there what we do what our top priorities are things like that uh what our top priorities for the twins would be um but yeah dan patrick's waiting so uh need a quick break break bread with him um the criticism that you could say is if you give these guys too much power and now we we just spent 20 minutes praising this move if you give them the leeway to make important decisions this has the potential to be disastrous it's a great hire if you find a lane is a bowling alley reference if you find a lane for these guys and put up the bumpers and say, okay, you can learn about scouting, and you can learn about analytics, and and you can learn about player development, but we're going to leave the actual work to the guys who are employed to do that right now. But if you put like Tory Hunter, I this, maybe I made this joke in the column or on Twitter or something. I, I can't remember where now. Um, it's probably everywhere. It was so funny, it was worth repeating. Clearly, clearly. if you Tory Hunter, uh, that was a joke by the way. If you put Tory Hunter in charge of the June draft. You're screwed. Like, he's got no shot. He could read at the scattering report from Baseball America and hope to guess off that and say, okay, in the first 10 rounds, we're just going to take the best player who's left on B.A.'s board and hope that works out. Good luck to you. But Stick if the, to dance parties. Is that's right. <laughs> Stick to being the president of the smoke machine operations. But if you put Tory Hunter, Michael Kadire, LaTroy Hawkins in a spot where their, um, their power is checked... A little, like so to speak, where this is more of like a glorified internship as they figure out more what they want to do in a baseball front office on the way to eventually having a front office job, perfect. No problem with this at all. So that's the criticism. If you, if you say, all right, LaTroy, you got the Rule 5 in December. You scout those guys. Make sure you figure out who's not on the 40-man of other teams that we might want to take a look at. Tory, you got the June draft. Kadire, free agency. I want I, I want your guys' report on my desk Monday morning, and we'll see what you got.
0: Actually, you you may have missed one based on last year's state of the bullpen. I would I would just take Latroy Hawkins in the seventh inning. <laughs> <laughs> you get you other two guys can work in the front office. Latroy, grab a glove, <laughs> start warming up. You're pitching in the seventh. Right, we need you, buddy. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free twenty eight twenty-three. 23.